Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom and welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, your co-host. I'm here with Pastor Nick Plummer in studio, and we have the bonus package for you today. We are getting ready for the is it holiday Feast of Purim. That's right, the Feast of Purim. I'm so excited. I'll tell you what, you know, this is, we just had Rosh Kodesh uh, Adar, so the, the new moon for the last month of the year in the Hebrew calendar. Uh, and as everybody should know that the, the first month in the biblical year is Nisan coming up and we're going to go into the season of Passover. But before we get there, we don't want to be remiss and skip over the wonderful and amazing story of Esther, the Megillah of Esther, the Feast of Purim. The story takes place outside of Israel in Susa, which is, of course, modern-day Iran. I'm going to have Ryan read Esther chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Oh, well. Once again, this is the story of Esther, the story of the faithful bride. The story of the faithful bride. Well, I'm going to have to find them. Now, it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. This is Ahasuerus, which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia, over 107 and 20 provinces. Then in those days when the king Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom, which was in Shushan in the palace, in the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and his servants, the power of Persia and Media, the nobles and princes of the provinces being before him. And his reign is, is, is looking for the book of Esther. Can't find the book He's of Esther. He's going to the, to the chapter page, folks. This is why you always should get tabs. Get tabs. Thumb tabs. It's not even that. Um, I think somebody moved Queen it. Vasti refused to come to the king at his invitation. We find this in Esther chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. So once again now... So this is a warning to all the ladies out there. Don't be a Vashti. Well, I mean, you know, we can, we can say whatever we want about the story in its context, but it was on the seventh day when the heart of the king was merry with wine. He commanded Mehuman, Biztha, Harbona, Bigtha, and Abitha, Zethar and Carcass, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king, to bring Vasti the queen before the king with the crown royal, to show the people and the princess her beauty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen Vasti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Now, once again, I want to share this story because it's interesting. I I think that Christians should celebrate Purim. But there's also a type and shadow here, not only taking it literally, historically, but we have a situation here where we can see certain characters like King Ahasuerus would be like God. Mordecai, of course, uh, would be like the Holy Spirit. And, of course, uh, Esther would be the bride. But once again, Vasti refused to show up. And now we're going to read, of course, in Esther chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. King Ahasuerus seeks another queen. All right, here we go. After these things, when the wrath of the king Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king. And let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins unto Shushan, the palace, to the house of the women, unto the custody 
of Hegi, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti, and the thing pleased the king, and he did so. Man, what what a what a job title, the keeper of the women. So once again, we're going to have something very special here. Uh, we're going to have the first beauty pageant in the Bible. Is there another beauty pageant in the Bible, or is this the only? This is beauty the pageant? first beauty pageant in the Bible. What would be the, what's the second one? And we gotta we gotta remember that uh, I'm not really sure about that. But once again, we have of course some characters here in the story, and we of course ha- have King Ahasuerus of, of Persia. We of course have. Uh, uh, we have uh, Vashti, who, of course, refuses to come. And so now uh, the king is going to look for another queen. You know, it's kind of interesting, too, you know, um, in regard to that, uh, many are called, few are chosen for us to be prepared as the bride. But we go into Esther, and we, of course, have this this particular uh, woman, Esther, whose real name uh, was Hadassah, which means Myrtle. Uh, Esther was an orphan, and Mordecai was a relative. Uh, as you look at Mordecai and Esther, we, we can see that, that they uh, represent Benjamin or a Benjamite. And uh, one of the things we need to remember as we identify Esther as an orphan, it says in Exodus twenty two twenty two, you shall not afflict any widow or fatherless child. Now, Esther probably comes from the Persian word for star, though some scholars have made a connection between it and the Babylonian goddess Ishtar. But look what's going to happen now. Esther is going to find favor with Haggai. In Esther chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, Esther finds favor with Haggai. Here we go. So it came to pass when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also into the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her her things for purification, which such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens, which were meet to be given her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best place of the house of the women." There we go. So once again, Esther's going to find favor, kind of like the story of Joseph. Wherever he went, he found favor uh, with whoever he was with. And so uh, once again, we're going to have this beauty pageant. There's going to be a queen selected, and so she's going to be thrown into the mix. So in Esther chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. She should not show her identity. So her identity as an Israelite, as a Hebrew, as a Jew, was, of course, hidden. Isn't that interesting? She, she was told not to show her identity until the right time. Mm. We also find the story of Abraham. He was the first Hebrew. And, of course, Moses was raised as an Egyptian. Okay, Moses was raised as an Egyptian, but come to find out, he found out he was a Hebrew, and there was a severe life change. Uh, now here we go into some really relevant things in regard to even the bride of Christ. Let's think about this in regards to the story of Esther. There were 12 months of preparation for all the women. Esther chapter 2, verse 12. All right, it says, Now when every maid's turn was come to go into King Ahasuerus, after that she had been 12 months according to the manner of the women, for so were the days of their purification accomplished, to wit, six months with oil of myrrh, 
and six months with sweet odors, and with other things for purifying of the women. So six months with oil of myrrh, and six months with spices and cosmetics. Think about this. That's one year. Think about it. It's one Torah cycle. One Torah cycle. And this is how we are preparing for the Messiah. We are studying the Torah, the teachings and instructions. So think about that. She is going to uh, be prepared for one year. Now here's the good news. We find in Esther 2.17, Esther becomes a queen. It says, And the king loved Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Interesting. Many are called, few are chosen. So do you think so, her and Vashti saw each other in the hallways at the palace? I don't or? think so. No. I think she was sent out of the kingdom. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, there's no passing of that. It'd be awkward, right? Two ships passing in the night. I don't think so. <laughs> but Esther becomes a queen. Now, the king declares a holiday and he gives gifts in Esther 2.18. And it says, Then the king made a great feast unto all his princes and his servants, even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the provinces and gave gifts according to the state of the king. That is excellent. Now, we're going to delve into the story because, once again, we're going to discover another character, and his name is Haman. Some of you are probably wondering why Ryan is booing. Well, it's, it's, it's a tradition. When you read or say the story of Esther out loud to the public, uh, anytime Mordecai, Boo. his, his name yay, is Mordecai, yay. you cheer. Every yay. time Haman's name is Boo. mentioned, you boo. So let's read Esther 3.1. Esther and that's by the way. Okay, yes, sir. All right. After these things, did King Ahasuerus promote Haman, boop, the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and advanced him and set his seat above all the princes that were with him? All of a sudden, we have this bad character coming into the storyline. Now, Haman was the son of Hamadatha, the Agagite, and Agag was a king of the Amalekites mm. in 1 Samuel 15. Wait, are these the descendants okay. of Amalek? So Agag was probably a title of the king of the Amalekites rather than the name of the individual. Now, Agag means flaming or warlike. So Amalek came and fought against Israel at Raphadim. Amalek means warlike or dweller in the vale, mm. hunkering down in the valley, waiting to get you when you're low. Now, the son of Eliphaz and grandson of Esau. Once again, Amalek means warlike or dweller in the vale, the son of Eliphaz and grandson of Esau. Now, I know there's a prophecy in there that we'll continually have a fight with the Amalekites for eternity, forever. It'll be ongoing. It, 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 it makes mention of this. So now there's Haman's plot against the Jews. Esther chapter Ooh. 3, verses 5 and 6. Haman's plot against the Jews. Here we go. And when Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence, then was Haman full of wrath. And he thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. For they had showed him the people of Mordecai. Wherefore Haman sought to destroy all the Jews that were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus even the people of Mordecai. So Haman wanted to destroy not only Mordecai, but all the Jews. So Haman schemes a plan to king Ahasuerus to destroy all the Jews, Esther 3.8. Haman schemes a plan, Esther 3.8. And Haman said unto the king Ahasuerus, There is a certain people scattered abroad and dispersed among the people in all the provinces of thy kingdom, and their laws are diverse 
from all people. Neither keep they the king's laws. Therefore, it is not for the king's profit to suffer them. Notice, and their laws are diverse from all people. Notice the Hebrew root word for Torah is yara, comes from the Strong's Concordance, number 3384, to flow as water, to rain, to lay or throw, especially an arrow, to shoot, to point out as if by aiming the finger, to teach, archer, cast, direct, inform, instruct, lay, show, or shoot, teacher, and through. So it means teachings and instructions. So we know the Torah is different from these international government laws or even the Constitution of the United States, the Bill of Rights, whatever you want to talk about, the whole, uh, the right of communism. I mean, so we see a big thing that's different here. And, and that's why we want to understand that, that um, this Haman is a, even a type of Antichrist, if I could say that. Uh, but he is. So Haman was willing to pay 10,000 talents of silver into the hands of those who carry on the king's business. Esther 3.9. Here we go. If it please the king, let it be written that they may be destroyed, and I will pay 10,000 talents of silver to the hands of those that have the charge of the business to bring it into the king's treasuries. Notice the silver. Now, Haman is a type of Antichrist, right? And so the future Antichrist in Daniel chapter 11, uh, verses 38 and 43, here we have verse 38, uh, but in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and a God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and pleasant things. Think about that. Honor with gold and silver, just like, just like Haman wanting to do this for King Ahasuerus. Now, Haman cast lots to decide when the Jews would be destroyed. Esther chapter 3, verses 7 and 13. All right, so verse 7, it says, In the first month, that is the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of King Ahasuerus, they cast pur, that is, the lot, before Haman from day to day and from month to month to the twelfth month, that is, the month Adar. That's good, right there. Now, once we get into Mordecai, uh, Esther learns of Haman's plot, uh, and we're going to begin to look at, uh, well, let's see, I guess you go to, we're going to read verse 13. All right, here we go, verse 13. And the letters were sent by posts into the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, and to cause to perish all Jews, both young and old, little children and women, in one day even upon the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month Adar, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. So there's the day. There's the day. Adar 13 would, of course, uh, be the Feast of Lot's Eve, or Erev Purim. And now Esther learns of Haman's plot in Esther chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Here we go. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther, Think not with thyself, that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy family's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? Once again, he tells, he tells her, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Okay? For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. So why not Esther? Why not the great Hadassah? Amen. 
Uh, that's my first daughter, Hadassah. So why not something great for her to rise up? So Esther plans to intercede in Esther chapter 4, verse 16, because of this bad news. That's right. It says, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law, but if I perish, I perish. So she's, she's going to come up with something like a banquet. So Esther plans a banquet. Esther chapter 5, verses 5 and 8. Then the king said, Cause Haman to make haste, that he may do as Esther hath said. So the king and Haman came to the banquet that Esther had prepared. And the king said unto Esther at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? Even to the half of the kingdom it shall be performed. Then answered Esther, verse 7, and said, My petition and my request is, if I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it please the king to grant my petition and to perform my request, let the king and Haman come to the banquet that I shall prepare for them, and I will do tomorrow as the king hath said. And so what's going to happen is there's going to be an interesting uh, play here on another banquet, not just this one, but, but this particular one. And in between this particular banquet and the one that's coming up, the second one, you're going to see that the king is going to honor Mordecai through Haman. This is found in Esther chapter 6, verses 1 through 9, and I'm going to have Ryan uh, read that. This is actually pretty funny, especially since uh, Haman hates Mordecai, you know? It says, On the night, on that night could not the king sleep, and he commanded to bring the book of records of the chronicles, and they were read before the king. And it was found written that Mordecai had told of Bigthana, and Teresh, two of the king's chamberlains, the keepers of the door, who sought to lay hand on the king Ahasuerus. And the king said, What honor and dignity hath been done to Mordecai for this? Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, There is nothing done for him. And the king said, Who is in the court? Now Haman was come into the outward court of the king's house to speak unto the king to hang Mordecai on the gallows and he had that he had prepared for him. And the king's servant said unto him, Behold, Haman standeth in the court. And the king said, Let him come in. So Haman came in, and the king said unto him, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, To whom would the king delight to honor more than to myself? And Haman answered the king, For the man whom the king delighteth to honor, let the royal apparel be brought, which the king useth to wear. And the horse that the king rideth upon, and the crown royal which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man with all whom the king delighteth to honor, and bring him on horseback through the street of the city, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighteth to honor. Go ahead and keep reading all the way through to, uh, go ahead, to all right. 14. All right, so we'll go all the way... This. Yeah, we'll go all the way to 14. Very important. Yeah, it's very interesting. So it says, Then the king said to Haman, Make haste and take the apparel and the horse as thou hast said, and do even so to Mordecai the Jew, dun, 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 that sitteth at the king's gate. Let nothing fail of all that thou hast spoken. Then took Haman the apparel and the horse and arrayed Mordecai and brought him on horseback through the street of the city and proclaimed before him, Thus shall it be done unto the man whom the king delighteth to honor. And Mordecai came again to the king's gate. 
But Haman hasted to his house, mourning and having his head covered. And Haman told Zeresh, his wife, and all his friends, everything that had befallen him. Then said his wise men and Zeresh, his wife, unto him, If Mordecai be of the seed of the Jews before whom thou hast begun to fall, thou shalt not prevail against him, but shalt surely fall before him." And while they were yet talking with him, came the king's chamberlains and hasted to bring Haman unto the banquet that Esther had prepared. Now we're going to go into Esther's plea at the second banquet. In Esther chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, Ryan's going to read that. So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen. And the king said again unto Esther, On the second day at the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I have found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we have been sold for bondmen and bondwomen, I had held my tongue. Although the enemy could not countervail the king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he and where is he that durst presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. It goes on to say that the king is infuriated, just angry, and he storms out of the room. And as Haman is begging for his life for the queen, he comes back into the room and says, you dare assault my queen? And he jumps all over him. So, so they're going to take him now in uh, verse, verse 9 and 10. Ryan's going to read that in chapter 7. And Harbonah, one of the chamberlains, said before the king, Behold also the gallows. Fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified. So look what's going to happen now. Mordecai is going to be promoted. Esther 8.2. Mordecai is going to be promoted, Esther 8.2. And the king took off his ring, which he had taken from Haman, and gave it unto Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Now we know that on Adar 13, and by the way, this is the last month of the biblical year. That's right. Adar 13, this is interesting, that... All the Jews were going to be annihilated. The king could not take it back. So what's the king going to do? He's going to make another decree. So the king's decree avenges the Jews in Esther 8.11. All right. Esther 8.11. Here we go. Wherein the king granted the Jews, which were in every city, to gather themselves together and to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, and to cause to perish all the power of the people and province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Now, we're going to see influence now. We're going to see influence coming into this storyline. Esther 8.17. All right, Esther 8.17. And in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day, and many of the people of the land became Jews, for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. You know, think about all this anti-Semitism. It says here, and many of the people of the land became Jews. 
for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. That, wow. That's incredible. So the Jews destroy their enemies. Uh, we would call this anti-Semitism. They would destroy this. Esther 9.1. Now in the twelfth month, that is the month Adar, on the thirteenth day of the same, when the king's commandment and his decree drew near to be put in execution in the day that the enemies of the Jews hoped to have power over them, though it was turned to the contrary that the Jews had rule over them that hated them. The Jews gathered themselves together in their cities throughout all the provinces of the king Ahasuerus to lay hand on such as sought their, their hurt, and no man could withstand them, for the fear of them fell upon the people. All right, so now you're going to have the Feast of Purim is instituted in Esther chapter 9, verses 20 and 21. Feast of Purim instituted. Here we go. And Mordecai wrote these things and sent letters unto all the Jews that were in the provinces of the king Ahasuerus, both nigh and far, to establish this among them, that they should keep the 14th day of the month Adar and the 15th day of the same yearly, as the days wherein the Jews rested from their enemies and the month which was turned unto them from sorrow to joy and from mourning into a good day, that they should make them days of feasting and joy and of sending portions one to another and gifts to the poor. And the Jews undertook to do as they had begun and as Mordecai had written unto them. Now let's look at Esther 9.27. All right. The Jews ordained and took upon them and upon their seed and upon all such as joined themselves unto them, so as it should not fail that they would keep those these two days according to their writing and according to their appointed time every year. And now we're going to close it out with Mordecai's greatness, Esther 10.3. All right. For Mordecai the Jew was next unto the king Ahasuerus and great among the Jews and accepted of the multitude of his brethren, seeking the wealth of his people and speaking peace to all his seed. Now, how many of you know that this story takes place in Persia? It does. And so, is Iran Persia? Yes. Is Persia Iran? Is Iran in the news today? It is. Now, if you'd like to reflect upon this in closing on this storyline, uh, we have a gentleman who fits the character traits of Haman, and he's no longer the president of Iran. But his name is Mahmoud Ahmadinejad. Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, he, he's a modern-day Haman. He was elected president of Iran in 2005. Uh, he was born October 28, 1956, in Eridan, Iran. Now, let me tell you some of these quotes. He says uh, this as a quote on the 8th of December, 2005. He says, some European countries insist on saying that during World War II, Hitler burned millions of Jews and put them in concentration camps. Any historian, commentator, or scientist who doubts that is taken to prison or gets condemned. Here's another quote, 14th of December, 2005. Uh, Today, they, Europeans, have created a myth in the name of Holocaust and consider it to be above God, religion, and the prophets. Continuing on, uh, here's another quote. Um, Anybody who recognizes Israel will burn in the fire of the Islamic nation's fury. Wow. Once again, Esther 3.1, Haman was an Agagite. Agag means flaming or warlike. So you reap what you sow. So anybody who recognizes Israel, here's the quote, will burn in the fire of the Islamic nation's fury. This is the past president 
of Iran. Uh, he goes on to say, There is no doubt that the new wave of attacks in Palestine will wipe off this stigma, Israel, from the face of the Islamic world, the world without Zionism. Ouch, man. So Last quote, yeah. last quote, Ryan. All right. Last quote. This is what he said. As the imam said, Israel must be wiped off the map. You now, know, how many of you know that that's, that's a threat to a country? Does this guy even know about the book of Esther? Does he know what happens to Haman? It doesn't end up good for Haman. Well, you know, I don't even have the quotes to the modern-day president of Iran today. But think about it. The very weapons the Ayatollah. that were you that, that Haman planned to use against the Jews were used against him to his own demise. I mean, it's like God just flipped the script on him and flipped it around so that, uh, that God would be glorified. I mean, amen? Well, let me just encourage you that Adar 13, the Feast of Lot's Eve, is going to be February 28th. Uh, it's called the Fast of Esther, Ta'anit Esther. Feast of Lot's Eve is, is the Eve of Purim, Adar 13, uh, February 28th. And you'll see that the Feast of Lot's continues into Adar 14. Uh, and that's, of course, the Feast of Lot's Purim. And there you see it right there, Adar 14, March 1st. So once again, I want to encourage all of you to take some time off. We're going to be celebrating Purim on March the 3rd. We'd like to invite all of you to come, and uh, we're going to show you why it's relevant and have some really uh, great time together and celebrating this great victory. And this is why I believe Christians should celebrate Purim. They should celebrate the victory of the Jewish people over their enemies. Amen. So think about this. Without the story of Purim... And without what happened, and without the, the, the victory of Mordecai and Esther, we wouldn't have Christianity today. We wouldn't have the Jewish people today. We wouldn't have our Bible. There's so much that we wouldn't have uh, if it weren't for the, the great victory that they had over the wicked Haman. Uh, and so uh, I, I, I want to repeat what Pastor Nick said. Please come out. Uh, if you are not in our local area, we will be live streaming that service on March 3rd. Uh, and so I encourage you guys to go to twopraise.net and see the, the live service um, button there on the website. And then again, as always, if you guys want to reach out to us, it's uh, ryan at twopraise.net. You can email me directly or you can uh, go to our website uh, or again, you can call the office at 813-654-2222. God bless and happy Purim.